The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. On the 20th of February, Cyclone Marcia was coming towards Queensland. Yeah, we got a picture of what it looked like. Remember that massive, massive cyclone? Um, the winds were 250 kilometers an hour. That is massive. And so it was just bombarding, blasting so many parts of Queensland. And on that day, 20th of February, John and I were flying from here up to Ballina to minister at a church there. And so it just happened to be the day that the cyclone was moving right down. It was bombarding uh, Brisbane. It was starting to hit the Gold Coast. And if you know, Ballina is, you know, a spitting distance from the Gold Coast. And so I was like, oh, great. We're flying up to the cyclone. And so we're waiting to, you know, we're having a bit of lunch while we're waiting and the TVs are on and the TV is showing all the devastation. It's showing the winds and it's going, it's now beginning to hit the Gold Coast and this is happening. I'm thinking, great, I'm flying into that and I don't really like flying. And so we started to board the plane and I did another stupid thing. I said to the steward, I said, um, are we expecting a rough flight, this flight? And he said, oh, It'll be smooth when we leave Sydney, but probably the closer we get to Ballina, the rougher it's going to get. I'm thinking, great, all right. So anyway, it's all right. So I just say to John, no, no worries. God's in control, all good. So we sit down, we take off. Within five minutes, we start to hit really rough turbulence. Not talking about the little stuff. The plane starts rattling. Now, already five minutes into the flight, he's fast asleep. (laughs) So, so he's chilled, and I'm thinking, this is the smooth bit. If this is smooth, and we're already rattling, what's it going to be like within an hour's time as we get closer and closer to Ballina? And so I began to feel really, really anxious. And then when everything is rattling, and, and I can hear people going, around me, I began to pray, God, let them stop the plane, let them just turn around, let them go back. But the pilot kept going. And I really began to feel a bit of a a panic. And so I woke up John. I said, John, I'm really anxious. And he's like, "Mm, what? What?" I said, if this is smooth, what's it going to be like by the time we get to Ballina? And he was like, we'll be all right. It's it's fine. Just pray. And so I was like, well, you're not much. I'll go back to sleep. And so I had to do some real deep thinking. And so I... I just started to talk to myself, Anne, this is not the time for you to die. God still has a plan for you. It's all going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Just stop it. And I could feel the palpitations. And then the turbulence stopped. And as we got closer to Ballina, it was still calm. And by the time we landed, we, we came through without hardly any turbulence. But, you know, for all that flight... Although the turbulence has stopped, it was like, is it going to get worse? Is this going to get worse? They said it's going to get worse when I get to Ballina. If that was bad in Sydney, what's it going to be like? And so by the time we hit the ground, it was like, oh, thank God we're on the ground. I wanted to, you know, I know why the Pope, the Pope obviously doesn't like flying either, because he gets <laughs> off and kisses the ground when he's off the plane. It's because of flying. And so I wanted to kiss the ground. But you know what? I did not enjoy that flight. Why? Because the meditation of my heart was anxious. The meditation of my heart was bad. I want to share with you one of the verses in Psalms. It's uh, Psalm 1914. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Now, in the Hebrew, that word heart means my mind, my intellect, and my feelings. So from now on, when I refer about heart, and I even do, you know, my heart, it's my inner world. We know that we think in our head most of the time, but um, that, that's what it's meaning. It's saying, let it be acceptable in your sight, Lord. The Living Bible says, may my spoken words and my unspoken thoughts be pleasing even to you, O Lord. And so this morning I want to speak about going beyond words. So I've got some props. So here's one. Do you like these big hearts? They're cute, aren't they? All right. So the heart and we have the lips. Okay. All right. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations, the thoughts of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. But words are really just a symptom of our heart. Let me give you an illustration. We have a red car. So I woke up one morning and looked at the car and there was a jolly cobweb. I hate cobwebs. So it's like, oh, look at this cobweb. So I get the duster, dust off the cobweb, all good. Next morning, I get up, go to the car. The cobweb's back. It's like, I hate this cobweb. So I go and I clean up the cobweb and all good. Third morning, I get up, look at the car, another cobweb. And then the blonde hair says, hang on, there's a reason for this. Okay, because the cobweb's just a symptom. So I get the can of Mortine and I drown the car. It's dripping in Mortine, okay? And I never actually got to see the spider. But on the fourth day, I get up and look at my car and what do you think I saw? No spider, no, no cobweb, nothing. See, the cobweb was a symptom of a spider being there. Once that was gone, once the root was dealt with, then it was all okay. And the words of our mouth, that's such a cute little mouth. Are you going to stay looking that way? Okay. All right, that's, just a, all right. that's fun. That's a, okay, that goes with the chainsaw mama. Okay. The, the words that we speak are purely a symptom of what is going on in our heart. And God is far more concerned about what's going in your heart because out of it will come the words that we speak. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, this is what Jesus says. What people say with their mouths come from what fills their hearts. Those who are good have good things saved in their hearts. That's why they say good things. But those who are evil have hearts full of evil. And that's why they say things that are evil. I tell you that everyone will have to answer for all the careless things they have said. And this will happen on the day of judgment. So I've been really challenged for the last little while. And I've been meditating especially on, on this message too. You know, words of my mouth, I'm mostly good at it. For years I've tried to make sure that when I speak words that they're uplifting, that they're positive, that they're building. But my thoughts in my heart, which no one can see, it's only between me and God, they're not always so good. Let me give you a quiz. Let's see how you do with it. Okay, let me ask you this. What happens to you when the phone rings? Maybe it's the doctor with bad news. 
or your work to say that it looks like your job's going, or you have any sort of bad news on the phone, what does your heart do? Does fear rise immediately? You think, oh no, what are we going to do? And you just go into a real mess and you panic. Or does faith rise and faith goes, Okay, this is looking bad, but I serve a God who's going to care for me, a God that's going to bring through. This is not the last report. I'm going to believe what God says about it. What's your default? Is your default positive or is it negative? Because that will show the state of your heart. Another one, what happens when you have a loved one and they do something that breaks your heart? What does your heart respond with? Am I going to take offense at that loved one? Or am I going to exercise forgiveness at that loved one? Am I going to have hope that it's going to get better? Or am I going to go into despair and go, this is the end. This is never going to get any better. See, what's what's your heart saying? Another one, um, when you want to tell someone about Jesus, but your, your heart goes, but they laugh at you. They'll reject you. They'll think less of you. And so the words that you could have spoken that would bring life to somebody else are actually silenced because of the fear that's going on in the heart. So much goes on in the heart. And look at this next picture. You know, we have so many situations in life that look like that. We don't know what's at the end of our road. We don't know if at the end of the road there's a beautiful forest where you can enjoy the trees, or a beautiful coastline where you can swim in the sea. Or there could be a pack of wild wolves ready to tear you apart. Or there could be a cliff at the end of the road. We don't know. But while we're on the journey going on the road, what's our heart saying? Is the heart speaking good, positive stuff? Or is the heart speaking destructive stuff that causes our journey to be a lot less peaceful? Like my flight to Ballina, we got there. It was great, the rest of the flight. But I had a miserable journey because I had a miserable, scared heart. And how we think will really impact our world. So what's the benefits of having what the Bible terms as acceptable thoughts, pleasing thoughts to God? What are the benefits of that? Well, the first thing is they delight God's heart. You know, when I was young, because I've been raised as a Christian, I would not want to do things wrong out of fear. I was afraid of sin. I was afraid of the consequences of sin. And so that's why I chose to do right as much as I could. But I don't choose not to sin now because of fear. I choose not to sin because I love God. I love him so much, I want my heart to be pleasing to him. And so out of my love for God, I choose to do what will please him. And, you know, I have three kids, and growing up, they were just lovely kids. They were not always perfect. Two of them are here this morning, the other one's working. And um, sometimes they would be obnoxious. They would be quarreling, they would be saying things that were not so nice. Did I stop loving them? No, I always love them. But 
Was I not always so pleased when they were maybe arguing? Not a lot, but they did occasionally. Or, or saying negative stuff. It was like, oh, come on. They were not so a delight to be with. But when they were positive, when they were you know, happy, when they were saying good positive words, it was like, gee, I love having these kids around. And I think it's the same with God. God can't love us any more than what he does. He, he sent his son to die for us, so he can do no more. He loves us to the max. But I'm sure there's time when he's listening to us and maybe the heart's a bit stinky, so the words are coming out stinky and he's going, oh, I just wish that the meditation of your heart was a bit more pleasing to me. I wish that your words are a bit more pleasing to me. So even though his love is constant, isn't it nice when our thoughts and our words please him? When he's looking on going, look at that. They had the opportunity to be grouchy, but they looked after the meditation of their heart. Their words are coming out well. I am so pleased with my kids. And so one of the benefits of really watching our heart and our words is that it pleases God. And then the second thing is it really affects how we do life. So three weeks ago, If you remember, it was when all that bad weather was hitting Sydney. Remember that? The floods, the storms. Well, on that Monday when it was all beginning to start, John and I were flying again to the Gold Coast. So we had another flight to catch, and it was raining, and there were, you know, all the news reporters, this is getting worse and worse. It's like, great, we've got another flight. But this time, I was watching the meditation of my heart. And as soon as I thought, oh no, we got to fly through those clouds and the wind again, I thought, I can have a choice here. I'm either going to have another miserable flight up to the Gold Coast, or I can choose to stay peaceful. And so, get onto the plane. My words are being really good. I said, John, no worries, all will be well. And the, the plane was full of our staff. So we had Chris, we had Ross and Amanda, we had Sandra, um, we had Drew. And I thought, if this plane went down, this church is in a bad way. And so I thought, well, that's not a good way to think, so stop that thought. And so we're there, and the pilot says, you know, welcome to the flight. We are expecting a fair bit of turbulence on this flight. It's like, oh, great. Meditation of my heart. Be still. Start to trust God, will you? So I really got it in check, and I decided going to be all right so we take off hit a bit of turbulence and it was like use your choice and get your heart in control and you'll be all right and so I, I just said no we're going to be fine so I had a lady a stranger next to me and I I as soon as the turbulence started she sort of I could see the white knuckles you know the white knuckles and so I said how are you feeling she says I don't like turbulence And I said, you know what? This flight is going to be absolutely great. I said, this flight is full of ministers. All our angels are looking after us. You're going to be absolutely all right. And she said, really? I said, yeah. So we began to talk. It ended up me giving her a Christian book, and we had a great flight. And actually, the turbulence settled, and it was pretty mild, wasn't it? It was an okay flight. Again, I could have been really anxious, but I'd made a choice. I'm going to let my heart influence what's going on around me. And so it was so much better. And so, you know, oh, it's gone. How do you benefit? You please God. You also do life a lot better, a lot more joy. So how do you cultivate pleasing thoughts? 
thoughts that are pleasing to God? Well, there's a few things. First of all, examine the thoughts of your heart. Examine what's going on in there. And have a look. These are the questions you ask. Next one. Is this thought pleasing to God? That's a good question to ask. If we want our thoughts and the meditations of our heart to be acceptable, pleasing in your sight, well, is it? And the next one, does it line up with the word of God? If it's contrary to the word of God, get your heart in line with the word of God because that's much more powerful than anything we can think of. And the third one, is it doing me good? If the thought's doing you good, great. If it's not, all right, we go on to the next bit. If it's not, then change the thought to a God-pleasing thought. Some examples. If there's a situation and it's so hard and your heart is going, this is so impossible. It, it's just going to be disastrous. What? There, there's no way. There's no answer. It's just the doctors say it's impossible. The world is saying it's impossible. People around me are saying it's impossible. I love Matthew 19, 26. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. That's what we have to make our heart think. Not what the circumstances are saying, but what, is go, you know, what the word of God says. Another one. What if you have those thoughts? Well, I'm useless. I'm hopeless. I'm not lovable. I'm not as good as that person next to me. And we begin to feel yucky about ourselves, which we all do. We all strive with our own self-esteem. What does God say about us? It begins with John uh, 3.16. For God so loved Peggy that he gave his only son, Jesus, that if Peggy believes in him, then she shall not perish, shall not be separated from God, but have everlasting life with God. That's the beginning. You can put your name in there. And God is saying, I love you so much. I sent Jesus to the cross to die for you. Couldn't do any much more than that than to give my son for you. That's an amazing illustration of his love for us. That's the beginning. That's why we should like ourselves because God says, I loved you enough to die for you. So if I love you enough to die for you, you can start loving yourself. So that's the, the things we need to think about in our heart. Um, so much more. Is it easy? Is it easy to change those thoughts? No, because you've probably been ingrained growing up with some negative thinking or life has thrown curveballs at you and it's caused you to negatively think. But you know, it, what it takes is a bit of strength and a bit of diligence. So I have a motto in, in my own life that I, I try to apply. In my darkest hours, I choose to trust. I choose to sing. That's the two little lines that I have. And you know what? I, I don't have tattoos, and I probably would never have a tattoo. But if I was going to have a tattoo, I would put on my arm, I choose to trust, I choose to sing. Because I've had lots of dark hours Hours when my heart has been crushed. Hours when I think, are we going to get through this? Is it going to be all right? You know, challenges, whether they were family challenges or, or financial challenges or church challenges. And there's been time when my heart is just, ah. They're the times when I choose to trust. I choose to sing. And I play the piano. 
I've retired from here after years. But I go into our piano in our lounge room when no one's around, and if it's really tough, I start to play. And I choose to sing, and I choose to worship. And sometimes the tears will be pouring down my face, but I'm singing. And I'm, I may through almost gritted teeth be saying, God, I trust you. God, I choose to believe you. God, I believe you're going to come through this. God, I believe that your word cannot fail. God, whatever my heart is trying to tell me and make me doubt and make me suffer, now nah, I'm choosing to believe. And sometimes my mouth has to speak first. It speaks out the positive. It speaks out, and then my heart gets into line. But you can do it because I know that you can either go through life on that road, really miserable, or you can go through much happier because your heart is thinking good, well-pleasing thoughts to God, thoughts that are doing you good. So how will we do this again? Feed your inner being with healthy food. I love this verse. The next verse, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God. I love it. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword or the chainsaw, mum. Cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And the Amplified says, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. And you know, when you read the word of God, it gets right down and starts to sort out what's in our heart. So if we're not thinking in line with the word of God, the spirit will come and convict us and we can change it. Or if we're thinking badly, we get what we should replace it with. And so as we think in the negative, we start to replace it with the word of God, and it does an amazing change in our heart. So if you're not happy with the way you do life, if you're a negative person, if you see the cup half empty instead of half full, maybe you need to eat a lot more of this. Get it to change your heart. And I know I had to battle. I wasn't always the most positive person in the world, but being married to one of the most positive people in the world, you know, I've learned and really applying it. So read the word of God, apply it to your life, and you'll see incredible changes that will make you so much more happier through life. And the second thing is, ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. Oh, this is scary, but it's good. All right. I've said, Holy Spirit, just show me what are wrong thoughts in my heart, where I'm sabotaging my, my thought life. Can you come in? And I get surprised sometimes at what I think. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking that. But I've given him permission to highlight it. And when it's highlighted, you bring your heart to God and you say, God, here is my heart with a stinky thought. Forgive me, please make it clean change it. The beautiful thing, the Holy Spirit just takes it, changes it like the word today. Let him transform your heart because it will just make your life so much better as the, the heart is pleasing to God. The words come out pleasing to God. Life is so much more lovely. Always guard your heart. At the conference that we flew into with the good flight, um, Darlene Czech was speaking. Darlene is, you know, the beautiful uh, songwriter that probably all of us know. Well, she's been fighting cancer. She's um, won the battle, but she went through a, a torrid two years of fighting cancer. And she said this at conference. She said, empty your heart of unforgiveness or wrong thoughts. Declutter the sacred space of your heart. 
And that imagery caught me. It's like, if this is our heart, I don't want it full of unforgiveness, bitterness, doubt, fear. I want the sacred space of my heart to be full of joy, of faith, of the positive stuff. Because that will influence that, what comes out of my mouth. And so if you think about your heart as the sacred space, what's happening in your sacred space? How's it looking? If the spotlight was put on it and we were able to examine it, is it doing well? Or does it need a bit of a transformation? And the word of the Lord this morning, you know, through uh, Pastor John Golder was, come, give your life to me. I want to transform your heart. And he didn't know what I was speaking on. So God's already speaking. Time for transformation. You know, we as Christians, as the church of the living God, should be the most faith-filled, happy people on the planet. Even when life throws its curveballs, even when it's incredibly tough, even when we're not sure how we're going to get through the next day, we have a God right there to help us through. And that should make such a difference in the way that we live. And so in conclusion, can you put up that little statement? Thank you. A healthy, faith-filled heart will give you a healthy, faith-filled life. Psalm says, let the words of my mouth, which is purely a symptom of the meditation of my heart, let it all be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Let it be pleasing in your sight, Lord. Because God knows that when that's in order, our life is beautiful. Our life is victorious. Our life can be positive. Our life will look through the rosy glasses of faith rather than through the dark despair. And our challenge on Mother's Day, which is also full about heart, is guard your heart, examine your heart, and pray that prayer, Lord, just help my heart, the thought, be pleasing to your sight, knowing that then the words are going to take care of themselves. God is so interested in you. Can we pray? Just want you to think for a moment on how your heart is doing. And if you're here this morning and you've never even allowed God into your life, into your inner world to start transforming you, to start bringing his beauty and his forgiveness. Maybe your heart is still carrying guilt, is carrying heavy loads. Or maybe you just don't even realize that your heart is sick because you've not allowed Jesus to come into your life. But this morning, you want a changed heart and you want Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of the things that are damaging your heart and to give you a fresh start in life, to be a friend that will help you through life. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, today's a great day on Mother's Day to start that. And if you're here and you'd like to do that, I'd love to pray with you. So if that's you, just lift up your hand nice and high for me to see it, because I'm going to pray with you that God will take your heart and change it and make it new for his glory. Who is here that has them and says, yes, it's me. I need today to ask Jesus to come into my life and to really change my heart. If that's you, would you just put your hand up so I can see it nice and high, please? So then I can pray with you. 
Don't be shy. If your heart is even palpitating right now, it's the Holy Spirit saying it's time for you to let me into your life. Is that you? Let me see. I'm going to pray with you. Beautiful. Lift up your Thank you. All right. Now, for those of us that already we have Jesus in our life, but maybe this morning you've just looked and thought, I could do better. I could really start to work that my heart is full of that thought which is pleasing, acceptable in your sight. That's you. I just want you to open up your hands in front of you. And I'm going to pray with you and I'm joining you as well. I just want mine to continuously get better before God. So open up the palms of your hand and I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you that you have made our in a world new when we ask you into our life. But Lord, we Lord, we need you to just keep working on our thoughts all the time. Lord, we need our thoughts to line up with you. We need them to line up with your word. The Holy Spirit, we give you permission to continuously work upon us. Lord, will you convict us of the thoughts that are displeasing to you? And will you help us transform so that our heart will be full of faith, full of pleasingness to you, so that our words will speak words of life, words of hope. Lord, we will bring life to those in our world. We will speak even life to ourselves. God, we just invite you to change and transform our hearts and thus transform our words. So Holy Spirit, remind us. And we thank you for your great love. We thank you that you fill our hearts with the love that flows from your heart. And this morning we give you praise for that. You are the most amazing God. Lord, bless every mother on Mother's Day. But bless every man, woman here. That God, we will just sense your incredible presence and your incredible love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 